night. How many of you went through a little bit of traffic to get here? A lot of traffic to get here. How many of you were able to maintain Thanksgiving? Don't lie in church. Amen. Well, it's good to have you on this Tuesday night. I'm going to read a quick verse. It's one that I suppose is probably read all over the country um, with people having Thanksgiving services because it's what Paul tells us. It's the most um, just come right out and get in your face with it. You need to be thankful at all times. And here's what it says. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We wonder so often, what's the will of God? Just read to you the will of God. It says, it's the will of God that we're thankful in everything. How many of you ever tried that for a day? That's a tall order, isn't it? Well, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you right now for your blessing on the house. Thank you, Lord, that as we share a brief word and then partake of communion, the Lord's Supper, thank you, Lord, for reminding us tonight that we're only here because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, Lord, we just thank you for it and bless you for it and pray for your life and your touch on the word right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God. Thank God. Amen. Thank God. You know, this is the time of the year when everybody's going to give thanks. And if you're a believer, then you have services like this, and you come together and you talk about being thankful. And then if you're not a believer, when you have your Thanksgiving service at home or wherever you go, you kind of tend to do something like have everybody around the table share something they're thankful for, and they may not include God at all, but I'm thankful for a job, I'm thankful for this and that, and it lasts for about a day. And then that thanksgiving tends to go away. Matter of fact, if you'll just notice society, study society a little bit, you'll see that the further away from God a culture gets, the less thankful they become. I mean, it's that simple. America used to be a very thankful country. We used to be thankful. We were thankful to God because we were founded on Judeo-Christian ethics and morals and verses and principles, and that's a fact. And so we were thankful. But the further we got away from God, and we've gotten way away from God, the less thankful we became until finally we weren't a thankful culture. We were an entitlement culture. The opposite of thankful is entitled. I don't owe you, you owe me. You owe me my college tuition. You owe me health care. You owe me Medicare. You owe me paying off my college debt. You owe me for this. You owe me for that. And, and you owe me because I'm just so incredibly wonderful and worthy of all these things. And so you owe me. And, and, and when you get to an entitlement culture, there's no more thanks. There's no more grateful hearts. It's all what my rights are. I've got my rights to this, my rights to that. I've got a right to anything and everything I want. And the government becomes my provider. It's almost like Jehovah government instead of Jehovah Jireh. And so I look to the government, and I expect, fully expect, even if, even if I'm not paying taxes, 
paying into the system. Everybody else working and paying taxes owes me and should take care of me because, again, I'm so wonderful. I mean, I'm exceptionally incredible. I look in the mirror and sing, there is none like you. I'm entitled. And, you know, folks, that's so uh, much of a shame. It's so t- it, listen, I grieve all the time over what's happened to our country because there's nothing like a thankful heart. There is nothing like a thankful heart. Because when you cease being thankful to God, you see vertically, you cease being thankful to people horizontally. Jesus healed 10 lepers. Now, remember, this was a terminal disease. I mean, can I be a little graphic? I know it's turkey season and all of that, but if you were a leper, your, your limbs rotted away and fell off. Your ears, your nose, fingers, toes. You were terminal. And, and you were, not only that, but you were ostracized. You were sent off to leper colonies. And the only people that would get near you were people who were also lepers. And so it was not only a, a terrible wasting disease, but it absolutely isolated you as a human being, and, and you really wasted away a lonely, miserable, tormented individual. Ten of them went to Jesus and said, can you heal us? Please heal us. And he healed them. He said, go your way to the priest and make a confession to the priest. And it says, as they went, the leprosy was healed. But only one thought, wow, I'm so thankful, and turned around and went back to Jesus and said, thank you, Lord. Now, the, the, the word that Jesus uses, he said, your faith has saved you. The, the word is sozo, which is the word for salvation. I personally believe the one that went back to thank him also got saved because he went back and thanked Jesus. But the other nine, Jesus was blown away. Jesus said, were, were there not ten of you? Where's the nine? And it's that way in our culture now. Uh, out of every one that thinks to thank, there are nine who don't. And, and so that's just the way we are in our fallen state. But when you look at the Bible, the people, the saints in the Bible, the, the men and women of God were anything but entitled. Show me a, God, a godly man or woman in the Bible, and I'll show you somebody who almost invariably was thankful. Take David, for instance. You can't go anywhere in the Psalms without encountering the word thank, thanks, thankful, thanksgiving. David was a thanker. They are mentioned, those words, thank, thanks, thankful, thanksgiving, 31 times in the Psalms, and that does not include the constant encouragement to praise, worship, or bless the Lord, which is a form of thanks. Amen? That's why we get blessed when we come to church. Because when we worship God and thank God, it releases something in you that God intended to be there. It it opens up a tributary, a release, a flow of the Spirit through you when you are thankful. I love thanking God, coming together and thanking God. Amen? In Paul's letter to the churches, the same four words, thank, thanks, thankful, thanksgiving, are mentioned 23 times just in Paul's letters, Paul's epistles, 23 times, thank, thanks, thankful, thanksgiving. In the Bible as a whole, they're mentioned 131 times. Thanksgiving 
is the, the language of heaven. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? You're going to cast your crown at his feet, and you're going to thank him and worship him for endless ages of worship and thanksgiving. And some of you think, well, that'll get boring after a while. No, 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 no. We will be engulfed in the glory of God. It will not get old. It will not get boring. And we're going to thank God. If you don't like thanking God, you are not going to like heaven. Amen? It's the, it's the primary preoccupation of all of the other created beings of God, cherubim, seraphim, angels. They are found in the book of Revelation over and over, thanking God, worshiping God, giving praise to God. That's all they do. Paul commanded by the Holy Spirit that we, the church, should be thankful in all things, not for all things. There's a lot of things I'm not thankful for. But Paul said, if you want to get through it, learn to be thankful in. Learn to be thankful in it. Amen? I'm not thankful for demonic attacks, betrayals of people. I'm not thankful for a flat tire on the highway. I'm not thankful for rush hour traffic. But, but if I want to get through it and, and stay saved, I got to learn to thank God in it. Amen? The writer of Hebrews says, we should offer thanks continually, and he calls it the fruit of our lips. As already mentioned, you can't get near the, the Apostle Paul without entering a praise zone. Paul was always in a praise zone. We find him continuously giving thanks to God. Paul thanked God for victories. He thanked other people for giving to his ministry. He thanked Jesus for causing him to always triumph in Christ. He thanked God for the unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. He thanked all of God's children in the faith. He just he thanked God for them. Thank you for, Lord, the churches, the saints, everybody that you've saved. I'm, I'm thankful for them. And he would name them to God. He commanded the church. He said, look, get rid of dirty stories, foul talk nasty jokes, and replace them with a thankful tongue, which is what the redeemed should do. Amen? And as I've already said, he noted in Romans 1, which to me, Romans 1, is one of the most relevant chapters in the entire Bible right now because it perfectly describes the collapse of a culture that forsakes God, and we are in it right now. And in Romans 1... Paul says that an unthankful heart is one of the signs of a backsliding nation. The continual appearance of thanksgiving is like a fine golden thread that weaves its way throughout the pages of Scripture. Now I want to share quickly some of my own thoughts on being thankful, and I'll do this briefly. But this is what it means to me. A thankful person acknowledges the source of his blessings, all right? The thankful person knows where his blessings came from. The Bible describes the providential care of God over the entire creation. He takes care of everything. The Bible says every creature on the planet is taken care of by God every day. It says in the Psalms, you open your hand, God, and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. Jesus said that God providentially cares 
for his entire creation. He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather seed into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them each and every day. And conversely, we see that the wicked, the ungodly, the unbeliever don't acknowledge God's provision. It's nowhere in their thoughts. Many, many extremely wicked people on the planet today are filthy rich. And never once, the psalmist says, does it ever occur to them to look up and thank God. They don't acknowledge God's provision. And yet, how good is our God? It says he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. If I'm God, I'm not going to pour out blessing on people cursing my name. But I'm not God. And he is. And people who every day use his name in vain and curse him, God still makes his sun to rise on them. He still sends showers of blessing, hoping that his goodness will bring them to repentance. In the book of Romans, where Paul the Apostle describes the pathway of destruction that ancient civilizations took when they walked away from God, he says, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful. But they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice, when you let thanksgiving go, you quit thanking God. You, you quit looking up vertically and saying, God, I know. I know that you gave me the strength to get out of bed today. You've given me another day of life. You've given me the strength and the talent and the ability to go out and earn a living. You, had, you, you allowed me to have this job. It could be so much worse, Lord, but it's not because of the goodness of God. Your mercies are new every morning. But see, when you stop doing that, it's replaced with a darkening heart. And that's where cultures go that walk away from God. And that's where America is right now. Mark it down. I guarantee you, we are right in the middle of Romans 1. They knew God was there, but they refused to give him the glory due him as God. Essentially, they refused to acknowledge that all that they had had come from God. But the thankful person always and gladly acknowledges the ultimate source of all that he has. Lord, thank you. Can we just stop a minute and say, Lord, thank you for all that I have? Come on, come on, everybody. Thank you for all that I have. Oh, thank God. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Amen. The second thing about the thankful person is they admit their limitations. See, the, the thankful person realizes that everything they have and who they are did not all originate with them. They, they are not a one-man show. That we all stand on the shoulders of many other people for which we can be thankful. Amen? See, tucked away in an unthankful heart is a root of pride that refuses to give credit to people that have helped them along the way. Okay? But any honest person need only look around 
at the people in their orbit to realize the contributions others have made in their life, including God himself. I'm going to tell you, we all stand on the shoulders of other people. Can I have an amen on that? Seriously, we all do. You know, here I am up here, but I'm going to tell you, I stand on the shoulders of so many. I I am anything but a self-made man. I don't believe there is any such thing as a self-made man or woman because everybody has been helped by somebody. I stand on the shoulders of the man who gave me my first break at preaching the Word of God and encouraged me to do it until I finally did it. I stand on his shoulders. I stand on the shoulders of the pastor who brought me into his office one day and told me he would pay for my remaining two years of college if I would go. And every semester, he cut me a check, and he said, never tell anybody. If you tell anybody, I'll stop. Don't tell anybody, and I'm going to pay for your last two years. He paid for the books, and he paid for the tuition the last two years. I stand on those shoulders. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. I stand on the shoulders of my all-time favorite pastor who I studied and watched like a hawk, and I learned pulpit preaching from him. He's in heaven now, but I guarantee you I stand on his shoulders. I stand on the shoulders of Billy Graham, who I used to study also like a hawk. I read everything about him, everything that he ever wrote. I went to as many of his crusades as I could get to, and I watched him. I studied him. I took mental notes. The only mistake I ever made was trying to sound like him. You can't do it. Jesus, I can't do it. But it was his, his style, his integrity, his preaching, his personal walk. I studied it, and I gleaned from it. He was, like a, he was like a distant father in the faith to me. Not to mention the many, many great men and women of God from history who I have read about. I've read about so many people that shook nations and shook the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they inspired me and taught me and instructed me and encouraged me on. And I stand on their shoulders. Folks, so do you. And ultimately, I stand on the shoulders of the one and only captain of my salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand on his shoulders. Amen. Paul said, whatever I am now, listen to Paul, whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out such kindness and grace upon me. Another version says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Gave all the credit to the Lord. So a thankful person acknowledges his source and admits his limitations. And last, a thankful person accepts his lot in life in the now. Now, let me not be misunderstood. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to improve yourself, better yourself, further yourself, hone your skills, um, reach for bigger horizons, greater accomplishments. You know me. I'm a huge believer that you should do all that you can with what you've got. But here's what it comes down to. If you're not thankful, you will never be content. Contentment will elude you for life until you're thankful. Show me a thankful person, I'll show you somebody contented. Show me an unthankful person, and I'll show you a complainer and a whiner. It's a fact. Each one of us is born with certain gifts and abilities and talents, 
And this means that we're born without some of those same things. So here's the mistake a lot of people make. Well, if I don't have what they have, then God really cheated me. Why should I be thankful? Because I'm not the big preacher or I'm not the the highly successful uh, corporate executive or, or whatever. And we look at people and we envy them. And that's a huge mistake because the Bible says be thankful for what he gave you. You got to be thankful because there's nobody like you. There's nobody can do what you do. There's nobody that's got the testimony you've got. You are a unique individual. You are a great big potentiality. Isn't that what the children's song said? Great big bundle of or something of potentiality. Tell you the truth, I can't sing like Michael W. Smith. Don't amen me. I can't preach like T.D. Jakes. Oh, he can preach. I can't throw a football like Tom Brady. Yes, I said that. In Dallas-Fort Worth, I said that. I just drew a name out of the hat. Forgive me. Because I didn't receive those gifts. But I'm thankful for what I have received. And you ought to be thankful for what you have received. Because God did not cheat you. He don't make no junk. He gave you what you need to do what he's called you to do. Now, how many of you want to be happy? Do you like being happy? I like being happy. How many of you want to be happy? Come on. Don't you know that people are out there smoking something, drinking something, shooting something, snorting something because they're not happy? And they're looking for happiness? Let me tell you where it comes from. First and foremost, you've got to get right with God through Jesus Christ. But once you do, you've got to cultivate thanksgiving. You've got to think to thank you gotta, you got to train yourself to be thankful in an unthankful world. Because thankful people learn to be content. They learn to be content. I don't have everything I want, but I've got everything I need. He hasn't forsaken me. He hasn't walked out on me. He's with me each and every day. And so I am going to be thankful. Recently, Cindy and I, we were downtown eating, and when we came out of the restaurant, I, I, I saw a car. Oh, my Lord, Jesus, help me. Here's a car. This thing was, was an absolute eye stopper, foot stopper. You could not walk past it. It was parked right out. You know, the valet people, when, when a really high-dollar car comes in, they park it right there as if to say, that's our valet. Okay? This car was extraordinary, so extraordinary. I pulled out my iPhone, and I looked it up. I said, what did somebody pay for this thing? You know what it costs? $250,000. $250,000. So I said something to the valet guy, and he said to me, oh, yeah, and you know who got out of that car? I thought he was going to tell me some football star or something. He said, it was just this young kid with his girlfriend. And then he said, you should have seen him strut. He got out of that car, walked around, let his girlfriend out. Uh Uh-huh. Looking around, everybody at this restaurant. Listen, you couldn't walk past it and not stop. Everything about it shouted money. But I asked myself when I was told about this young man, first of all, you want to know, how did he get this? Was it daddy's car, an inheritance? But then I thought this, I wonder if he's really happy. Because I guarantee you a car can't make you happy. 
No, you'll just want another one, a $300,000 one or a whole fleet of them. But they don't make you happy. No, things don't make you happy. Happiness is an inside job, and the way that you get happy is being thankful and experiencing contentment. That's what the Bible says. So let's stand together. Say it with me, Thanksgiving is an attitude. It's a way of life where I thank God as my source, as my completer, and for what I have. Can we just thank the Lord right now? And what we're about to do as you lift your hands to thank the Lord is we're going to have you come out. And I guess the ushers are going to show which ones to come out first and how to do this. I'm thankful we don't know what we're doing tonight. <laughs> well, we'll work it out. Um, just what you'll do is you'll just come up and four of us are going to be serving the elements. Pastor Ray is going to be over here. Uh, I'm going to be here and um, Pastor Brendan here, Pastor Jonathan there. And then go back to your seat. Don't partake of it down here. We'll wait till everybody has it. And then we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. Amen. Jesus, thank you for dying for our sins and rising from the dead for our justification. Lord, how can we ever give thanks enough for what you have done for us? We partake of this Lord's Supper out of hearts deeply thankful for what you did for us when we didn't deserve it. Now bless this Lord's Supper as we begin the Thanksgiving season. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can slip out and just, just come down in lines here. Are you going to help? Amen. Gil's helping. Here we go.
been served? All right. I think of the words of Jesus. You know, Jesus amazes me. He knew that that night he was going to be betrayed and terrible things were going to be done to him. He had read Isaiah 53. In fact, he wrote it by the Spirit. So he saw himself bleeding and bruised and beaten, but with a steady hand, he took that bread, even with his betrayer at the table, and he broke it. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Can we hold it up? Say, Jesus, thank you that you gave your body to suffering so that I could be healed. I receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Can we just say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Lord. We didn't deserve it, Lord. The same manner after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in the ink of my blood. Do this often to remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again. So let's hold it up. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood. You covered my sin. I receive your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing it one more time with me, dear church. Thank you, Lord. Thanksgiving, drive carefully, and don't eat too much. Amen.